Final segment of Panthers Insider. Been keeping you waiting all show. Seven days till kickoff. Seven bold-ish predictions for 2023. Next Saturday show, we're going to be spent previewing the Wofford Terriers. We'll talk to a member or two from the broadcast team and get prepped up for kickoff. This week, we take a broader lens. And we start with Phil Dracovic. My prediction number one, Phil Dracovic plays better than he did in 2020 at Boston College, statistically and otherwise. I think he has more around him. I think he's got a better run game. And I think he's in a – I think he's in a, about as good a frame of mind as he's been in. And that's not saying he wasn't in a good one then because that was fresh for him too. But this is a new start, and it's also the end of his college career. And we saw what that did for another Panthers quarterback who's currently the Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett. The finality can bring out something in you that you didn't know you had. And I've seen Phil. Phil's had a terrific camp. Just for reference, in 2020, Phil completed 61% of his passes. Again, this was a shortened season for COVID. 17 touchdowns, only five picks. I expect those numbers to be exceeded this year. And I think the deep ball is a big reason why. Number two, in addition to Phil Dracovic playing for Frank Signetti and playing better than he did in 2020, I expect Rodney Hammond to take the ball from Israel Banacanda. And it will look different, but I expect Rodney to go for 1,000 this year. I think with the way Frank Signetti calls the game, it's tailor-made for Roddy to get at bats. I think Sebo Flemister will be a nice compliment along with Daniel Carter. But if Roddy stays healthy, he's an all-conference level back. And if those first two things happen, this offense is as dynamic, maybe not as quite as dynamic as the 2021 offense, but perhaps close because the distribution of talent outside, the depth on the offensive line, and, and experience on the offensive line. If those two things happen, it speaks to the play of the other 10 guys. Phil and Rodney to start. Number three, Bub Means becomes a bona fide deep threat, a go-to, a number one for this offense. Would not shock me to see Bub average over 17 yards a catch. I think this offense, with the way they're going to be rooted in the run game, is built to take shots down the field. And we know how Phil does with that. That's Phil's game. You look at Zay Flowers. Now, he only averaged 16, 15 yards a catch at BC, but he was very much a part of the screen game. They give him the ball in jet sweeps. Bob's a more traditional split end. Bob's going to play outside. Bob's going to be working one-on-one down the field, and he can fly, he can jump, and he can make contested catches. Bub Means becomes the number one. I think there's plenty behind that number one, but Bub Means needs to be, he needs to be the can opener for this offense, and I believe he will. On his birthday, Dayon Hayes, his birthday today, Dayon Hayes will have 10 plus sacks, prediction number four the 2023 Pitt Panthers. He had three in one game against Miami. 
His bull rush is one of the best in the ACC, perhaps in college football. Again, unassuming. It doesn't look like Pat Jones, the big guy. But raw power and strength, force. Dan Hayes will tally 10-plus sacks and be an all-ACC player. If he's consistent, he's got a chance to be better than that. He's got a chance to put himself on a wall in the Pitt football building. That's the kind of potential that not only I believe he has, but I think that whole building knows he has. He's got to go out and do it. Ten-plus sacks would be a heck of a start. We've heard a lot about Bengali Kamara and what he can do. This is the year he takes a huge step. I think Bengali's an all-ACC player. I think he does it equal parts in the run game, but also rushing the passer. You could argue he's a fifth defensive lineman for this defense in terms of his ability to get to the quarterback. We talked about it earlier. Concerns about the defensive line, lack of proven production. Cali's proven. He's proven. He's probably at his best blitzing and rushing the passer. They're not a 3-4 defense, but he's a stand-up, third-down DN in some ways. And fast, powerful. Number 11 is going to be a problem for offenses. The same way in which we've seen so many defenders under Pat Narduzzi become problems. Number six, MJ Devonshire had three picks last year, two pick six. I was talking to Chris LaSalle yesterday. Nobody remembers his pick six against Virginia because they always remember the pick six against West Virginia. MJ will have five picks or more this season. Seven led the country last year. Looked it up yesterday. I didn't want to go too bold. But I think MJ will have five-plus picks, and I'm going to put it out there now. He'll return a punt for a touchdown, and it'll be a crucial part of a game. It's just something in the water out in Aliquippa, man. They're different. And MJ's next in line. He was next in line last year. The only reason he won't get five picks is if people just don't throw at him. People just won't throw at him. Lastly, and I don't want to understate this because we saw its value in the bowl game. No one wants to see a bunch of field goals this season. We want to see touchdowns. We want to see extra points, not field goals. I think Ben Sauls is the best kicker in the ACC. I think we'll prove that this year. We saw Ben Sauls, and this is this happened to Alex Kessman. This happened to Chris Blewett. There comes this turning point through a period of difficulty that these kickers go through, and, and it, it's happened at Pitt three times under Pat Narduzzi. I don't know if some sort of wizardry or special sauce or what where they can turn a negative into a, a, an undoubted positive and draw immense confidence from it. For Ben Sauls to go into Sun Bowl Stadium in El Paso and kick the way he did in those conditions, obviously to win a game, 
you got to have some swagger and some confidence. And then you saw him post game and how he handled the the adoration and the attention. He's a weapon for this pit team, an absolute weapon. And I think when it's all said and done, he's the best kicker in the league. And you'd rather have that than not have it. I think if you boiled it down, we've identified perhaps the seven most important players on this team. There are others for sure. But if you boiled it down and we and we fast forward, it'd be hard to argue that Phil Dracovic, Rodney Hammond, Bob Means, Deion Hayes, Ben Galli Kamara, MJ Devonshire, and Ben Sauls aren't the seven most important players on this team. I didn't mention an offensive lineman. Mack and Solis is really important. But his success is going to be Rodney and Phil's success. Oh, linemen never get enough credit. Matt will get his credit next year in, in April, the NFL draft. But the time for talk is now coming to a close. Playing some football here in one week at Acrisure Stadium. Quick run through the schedule. Obviously the Terriers week one. Sean Watson, head coach, former offensive coordinator at Pitt. Previous head coach at Wofford was Josh Conklin, former defensive coordinator at Pitt. Some familiarity there. Watching a little bit of film on them. Offensively, I haven't got as much into yet. Defensively, they're different. Play kind of a 3-3 with a spy. It's almost a triple option style defense. We'll see how they play. The Panthers, there's been some staff turnover, obviously. Sean Watson in his first year as head coach. Panthers should take care of business, obviously. That, that, that goes without saying. Then the Bearcats come in town. Big game on September 9th. Two home games to start the season. One with Ribfest. I'm very excited about Ribfest. Week two, no Ribfest. All football. And then there's week three. Week three will be a its own animal. Morgantown, West Virginia. Night game. We talked before about how people don't want to go down there. I can't wait. I can't wait. I kind of have a trump card when I go down there. No pun. No, no, I'm not trying. That's a subtle flex. But it doesn't matter once the ball kicks off. It's a great atmosphere. And then the Panthers come home to host North Carolina to close out the month. Before heading to Virginia Tech. Your last Saturday, Panther fans, without college football. Baseball, though, continues. Josh Roundtree in the house. What's, What's, up, your, What's your hat say? Have a day? Have a day. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, golf content. Bob does sports. I love it. You're going to love it. You should check him out. Have a day. Let me ask you something. When you, when you walk in to WVU in week three, <laughs> yeah. you're walking in like that chin is up, that chest is out, right? Yeah. Like, like you're walking in there pretty, right. pretty happy when you walk into that place, right? Yeah, I am. You have to. I am for sure. Um, you can't, yeah. I mean, even though the last time, uh, the last two times I was in there, we lost. But the one, the first time I was in there, we won. <laughs> and I just, it's, uh, I don't do it to disparage them because, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't like West Virginia. We want to beat them. I actually have a lot of respect for that program. I do. And I know, you know, people will probably rue that comment, but I think, I think this game should be played every year. Yeah, I agree. And I love, I love that type of environment. I mean, it's the type of environment you want to play in. 
Right. And you get to you get to hold those you get to take that pride the rest of your life. So I'm not yeah, I'm not shy about it. And I think too now like what we're seeing with realignment and things like that is a lot of losses when it comes to these, you know, close rivalry games and geographical rivalries. Yep. I mean, a, a lot of that stuff is going by the wayside. So to have it, I mean, I, I thought last year at, at Akersher was one of the best environments I've ever seen at that stadium, regardless of, of what's going on there. Like, it was just the parking lot, walking through the parking yep. lot, walking in, just the atmosphere pregame was phenomenal. And, and I, I think it's going to be the same because just – Yep. There's a lot of dislike there, and, and I think that's that's what makes college football college football. Oh, yeah. I mean, I look forward to hearing John Denver. Um, you know, I have an equal, I equal – it's a love-hate relationship with that song for me. I actually think it's a pretty good tune. <laughs> but what it means, what it represents, obviously I, I'm, I'm not a fan of. Outside of those people singing it in Morgantown, yeah. you, you like the song. I do I do actually <laughs> like the song. Um, but it's it, what it represents, I'm not a fan of. <laughs> But looking forward to getting football season underway. The Buckos with a win. Bucko talk next with Josh Roundtree. We'll be back next Saturday, game day. I'll be live in studio before heading down to Akershire Stadium. 3.30 kickoff, Bill Hillgrove on the call. Myself, Doran Dickerson on the sideline with Larry Richard. Kale Berger in studio. Bringing pit football to you in 2023. Enjoy your last football less weekend despite two college games today. And we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Hail to Pitt.